Hey there, everyone. Jeremy here. Really quick, before we start the episode, there's something I wanted to tell you guys about, a development that has happened since this episode was recorded, actually. We're going to be here at the Korg's Gaming Convention in Columbus, Ohio. Hilliard, Ohio, to be more specific. Just uh, It's on the uh, west part of Columbus there, but that's the Columbus, Ohio Retro Gaming Society Con. And uh, I've gone the last three years. I actually uh, got an interview with the guy who puts on the con a few years back, and I can't even tell you which episode it was. It's been so long ago, but every year I've gone, I've had a great time, and it's going to be awesome to uh, actually be there and just meeting a new, uh, I guess, part of the genre that we commonly talk about. You know, we typically talk comics and go to comic conventions, but we've never been to a gaming convention, so we might have a (laughs) few odd looks like, why are you here? But I think we're going to have a good time. We're going to meet a lot of cool people, and I want you guys to come out. So it's Saturday, June 1st uh, from 10 to 4, and if you want to get in an hour early, you can uh, get in at 9 for a little bit more. Uh, This is at the McCoy Center, again, in Hilliard, Ohio. That's 5462 Center Street, 43026. It's uh, $7 to get in the door. The early bird special, it's uh, $10 to get in. But come on in, uh, pick up some games. If you're any kind of gamer, you're going to love this freaking place. And while you're there, stop by the Candare table and say hi to your boys. And uh, if you come up to us and say, uh, I'm part of the Candare Nation, we might just have something special for you. I'm not quite sure what that is, but we're going to try to come up with something special for you. But uh, this is the only place you're going to hear this offer. So, yeah, come up to us and once again say, I'm part of the Candare Nation. All right, well, we hope to see you there. But until then, enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today from Five Meets Comics, we have Oscar Garza. Oscar, thank you so much for being here. Well, my name is Oscar G, and I'm here to say I like to read comics every day. Oh, shit. I thought I was going to go more. Don't let us stop you. Bring the house down. I, I already feel bad. I don't literally read comics every day but i try who does who's got time to read them every day Mm -hmm. i don't i just i I just talk about them Mm -hmm. you know anyway we got a good show lined up for you today in our retro round table by randy's suggestion we're going to be uh having a tribute to summer vacation yep and it's a time i'd say it's a perfect time you know we're looking down the barrel of it what two more weeks before summer starts And, uh, yeah, let's get ready. Let's get excited for it. And we'll do that with the retro. Then in the uh, comic vault, what do we have, gentlemen? I've got a Mars Attacks comic. Oh, Oh, shit. All right, Jack. Wolverine the Long Night. The podcast? Yep. (laughs) We got some talking to do. Oh, you've heard it. I've heard it. I'm up to episode four, so. Okay. A few of the things we'll be talking about there for <laughs> sure. And then we're going to turn our full attention over to Oscar and talk about Five Meets Comics as well as uh, Mashbone and Grifty. I got to check this out. It was pretty damn cool. So I'm excited to talk about that. But before we do, find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing here and want to support us, go over to Patreon.com forward slash CandarePod. You can donate $5 a month, get you access to our Patreon-only uh, show we do once a month, about 20 episodes a whole nother catalog for you to download and devour so don't forget about that 
Uh, what are we looking on the wizard front, Jack? Oh, that's actually the first week in June, I think it is. So we got a contest. Something's coming up. Yep. We need to start advertising. Yeah. Let's get okay. We'll get that going. And then if uh, you're listening to us on Apple uh, uh, Podcast, uh, feel free to leave us a like and review. We're going to try and read those at the end of every episode if something comes through. Uh, we actually have one today from our uh, Facebook post. So. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll read that at the end. Yes, sir. All right. Very good. I liked how efficient we were with that opening roll. That made me that made me feel good. All right. Well, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a tribute to summer fun, summer vacation. Randy, I'm going to let you kick this one off since this was uh, your baby. All right, fair enough. Uh, I got a lot, but uh, kind of the uh, family tradition uh, my family and I have, there's two movies we always watch to, to kind of bring in summer vacation. Um, Tiny Toon Adventures, How I Spent My Summer, summer Vacation. It's amazing. I know it's been brought up on this pod before. You had said that before we started, and I I, I can't recall directly. Do you remember? <laughs> mm. But it was fairly recently, right? Yeah, like the February episode uh, when you guys were talking about okay. cartoon movies. Um, it's it's funny enough that it keeps my son's and my daughter's attention, but it also has enough adult humor that it, it keeps me laughing too. So. Sure, well, sure. It always um, did, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. It's kind of like Tiny Toons was hitting on the same vein that like Teen Titan is really hitting on now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Where they are making references that only adults are going to get, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and there's still stuff that I, if I'm paying attention to that I, I catch that I hadn't before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they make fun of Roseanne. It's There's just so much. Oh, yeah. It, it's and, good. Yeah. So, um, the other movie is The Sandlot. Another oh, summer yeah. classic. Come on. Like only the first Bambino. one. Oh, yeah. The only yeah the there were multiple? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's at like least three. three. Yeah. yeah. What? Mm-hmm. With the same, any of the same people? Uh, I think Squints, the kid with the glasses that almost drowned or pretended yeah. to drown. I think he's back in one of them, but I think the second He's like the Eugene Levy of all the American Pies. <laughs> <spin-offs>. <laughs> like he's the only one that comes back. I think so, but he's only in like the third one i think i've never even seen the third i don't i don't even know if i've seen the second one the second one's i think like all girls or something. I, I can't it? remember i've never seen them i'm too much of a purist on the original sure. so. well, the original such a classic yeah i'm hard to say they were gonna do like a prequel to the first one or something like that a, a while back we had talked about it a long time ago on the show a prequel yeah i think it was a prequel they were talking <laughs> like about toddlers doing. just like <laughs> learning what balls yeah. and bats are <laughs> Very good, very good. Good picks. Very good picks. Uh, what about you, Oscar? What makes you think of summer? Uh, I grew up in South Texas, uh, Brownsville, the border with Mexico. So intense heat, uh, crippling heat, uh, <laughs> and uh, which meant going over to South Padre Island or Boca Chica Beach and eating a ton of raspas, a ton of snow cones. Mm. Nice. Uh, yeah, where I grow up, where, where I grew up in Brownsville, there's a... Literally, it's Starbucks. There's a Raspa stand on every corner. That's awesome. And every there's like an ongoing feud, you know, like Mr. G's is the best snow cones in town. No, you know, Raspa King's the best snow cone in town. What you always got to like snow cone? Yeah, the syrup in it? Oh, yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, Raspa's, the, the way they got them down there, it's more like shaved ice. It's, the, the ice is uh, a little finer, and it holds on to the syrup better. Mm. Okay. Instead and of then like running straight since, to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, no way. And then you can also put uh, like chamoy, which is a um, a very hot sugary syrup on top, and uh, lucas, which is basically like salt and mercury. You put that on top, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, that that's the main thing that I remember last summer is eating like super sweet and spicy mm-hmm. uh, snow cones, and then jumping in the beach. Yeah, uh, snow cones were never um, one of my favorite things. I definitely had them, and I definitely enjoyed them, but I, we didn't have the uh, luxurious snow cones that you're provided no, there in no. Texas. But um, the like Flintstones push-up, like orange sherbet pops, remember those yeah, things? Yeah. I can do one better for you, Jeremy. Do you remember the uh, the Ninja Turtle faces that you got oh, off the yeah. ice cream trucks? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Those things were awesome. And like when the, the creepy ice cream trucks would come around, mm-hmm. and they'd have those and like the Choco Star Tacos. Pops, the Star Pops. Yeah. Those, the, the red, white, and blue yes. twirled ones, mm-hmm. those were those were the good. shit. Those, yeah. Drumsticks. Oh, yeah. 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 Drumsticks. I saw I saw an ice cream truck the other day, and as an adult, I considered chasing it. I don't remember what it was playing. And just like, please, you have your pants on. Please have your pants on. Oh my god! All right, Jack, what do you got? Metallica. Metallica? How so? What? Usually. On the radio in the summer months, it seems that they play a lot more Metallica. The song that they did for Mission Impossible, maybe it's because the Mission Impossible, was it 2? Mission Impossible 2, that was the, uh, I think it was a summer blockbuster film, but they did the song I Disappear Mm, for, and that made me really think of summer. Yeah, usually during the, the fall and winter, I don't, you don't hear, I mean, every day, every week, I think it's Monday at six o'clock. They have like a block of Metallica they always do on the radio, but yeah. it seems like they play them a heck of a lot more during the summertime. Hmm. Wonder why that would be. I don't know. Just like summer festival concerts. It is I funny think. you say that. You know that might. I, I see how that could sound silly, but it's totally true because there are bands that I enjoy, but only at certain times of the year. Yeah, maybe like you remember the band Him and CKY and all oh, of them. Yeah. Not super big into them now, but if I ever do listen to them, it's in the fall. For some reason, I associate that music so hard to the fall. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But, um, you know, in music association to seasons, another big one. And this is going to sound cliche as fuck because it's everywhere now because of fucking Weezer. But Toto's Africa was always a big summer <laughs> yeah. song. Yeah. And that sounds so cliche now to say since, you know, who doesn't fucking love that song? But. Yeah. I mean, that was a... I liked it before Weezer did. I liked it before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably because of the music video, but if I'm thinking, like, summer song, I'm thinking that No Doubt, um, one with on the jet skis. Oh, uh... Oh, I keep on... Dang. Yeah, hella yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, hella good, yep. Yep. You know, they, they were my, uh... They were my first concert, No Doubt was. Oh, nice. Back in 1996, the Tragic Kingdom tour. Okay, sweet. Yeah, that was a good time. That was fun. I always enjoyed... Well, that's not true. I didn't always enjoy them. Tragic Kingdom and uh, their album Return to, from Saturn, or Return to Saturn, what was that? Do you remember? I have no idea. Return Tragic of Kingdom Saturn. The one I know of. Those two were amazing albums. So good. But they really went downhill after that. Yep. But, What'd you rock out to, Oscar? Going to the beach and stuff when I was a little kid, we would uh, I would just listen to whatever my dad would play, which is a lot of like Norteño and Tejano songs. And then when Selena showed up, everybody would just listen to Selena during the summertime. Mm, okay, she was the best. Uh, you know, <clears throat> rest in peace. But um, once I started getting a little older and going to the beach by myself, we used to listen to um, 
I always felt like the perfect beach music was the Ramones. Okay. Oh yeah. Just felt, I've got Ramones just, in a summer playlist. And, 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 and when you and when you look at those guys, they're like the last dudes you'd expect to be on the beach. They got like the heavy old leather <laughs> jacket, uh, yeah, long English hair, guys, and, uh, like riding yeah, in a basement and they got the, the, the jeans. I mean, they got they got shades, so that's smart. Yeah, <laughs> but every but everything else on their their ensemble just don't work. But the but the sound of it really it really hit home, and it felt good listening to that on the beach. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I, I thought you were going for Beach Boys, which isn't a wrong answer. But mm. I mean, who, I mean, it says it's in the name. Oh, you know? <laughs> no, if you were to ask, yeah, if you were to ask my dad about beach songs, it doesn't in- include Mexican stuff. It's the Beach Boys. What year was uh, did Selena get? Murder. Was that like ninety three, ninety four, something like, something that, like yeah. that? Like I can't, I still kind of yeah. It was, that. it was early to mid nineties. Yeah. So I think I remember I was it still in been, high school when she died. Yeah, I was like in junior high. She was like at the peak of popularity. Yep. Her popularity too when that all happened, right? And I was like, who? Yeah, because I didn't really know. Her. You hadn't heard those songs? I, I heard them. I didn't know who they were by though. So I see. Yeah, man, those those songs are still good. I mean, that make, maybe that makes me sound like a little bit of a pussy, but I think they're still good. <laughs> You're a bitch. <laughs> Two other great summer bands, Sublime and 311. There you go. I have 311 on my list. Oh, boy. Okay. Sublime's a good call. Yeah. Chili Peppers. Yeah. Another good... Uh, uh, oh, here's one. Old Chili Peppers. Yeah. Old, <laughs> but I don't I don't dislike new Chili Peppers even. No. Like, Stadium Arcadium was fan-fucking-tastic. Mm-hmm. That was a great album, if you've never heard. But one song that really, really screams summer to me, and I don't know why, maybe just because I associate it, associate it to that first summer I was out of high school, but I think it was 2001, the new Radicals, You Get What You Give. Yes. Remember that song? Yeah. Does that make sense, or does it not make sense to associate that to summer at all? It does for me. Yeah. Does it? Yeah, because I think it was really big during the summertime, and then and they that... disappeared off the face of the earth completely. Yeah, they really did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, Fucking they flash in the pan. But um, <laughs> the front of that album cover, too, was like really bright, and I think it even had like sun rays on it. So maybe that's kind of why it pushes me that way, but it's still always on my summer playlist. I don't know. I feel like any song you can roll the windows of your car down and like blare and feel like a badass qualifies as a summer song. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, that's true. But like uh, Pumpkins 1979, that makes me think of summer, just okay. cruising around with your friends like yeah. when you're in teenagers, you know. Axel Foley. Hmm? The Axel Foley song. Axel Foley song. <laughs> the back, the from um, Beverly Hills. Yeah, Cup. yeah. Oh, okay. And another. <laughs> that was a summer, summer one for you. I don't. Know, it makes me feel like summer because you, win- <laughs> you, you roll the window or the yeah, roll the windows down and just blast it. Everyone yeah. looks at you. Who the hell is this? Guy? We used to just always blast like heavy metal and alternative to try to scare people on yeah. the street. You know. Like, yep. Were they scared? What'd they do? <laughs> Beastie Boys Brass Monkey was the one that I always like just blared at the top of them. that whole CD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> three summertime songs, three summertime staples of my high school years just popped in my head. Um, big one, I want to be a player. What was uh, that the again? obvious one? Will Smith's summertime, but not the original. There's a remix on a um, some CD I got from some CD of the floor. And, um, uh, the last one escapes me. So yeah, those two. What was the first one? You oh, cut out a little no scrubs. bit. Uh, no, no scrubs by TLC. So listen to that a lot because oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> my fir- I used to. Do, I mostly used to do the used to sit in in my passenger side, and I used to play it to make fun of them. 
<laughs> oh my god very good very good swimming is one of my favorite things mm-hmm. okay yep to absolutely do um Obviously, I don't have a pool, so I have to uh, go to the beaches and uh, Publix, which is not my favorite thing, but water parks are oh, hell yeah. a blast. And, you know, being here in Columbus, Ohio, we are, what, 10 minutes away from Zumbezi Bay. Mm-hmm. Why not Lake back in the day, yep. Oh, yeah, at any given moment. But I have yet to be there. I have not gone. Oh, dude. So, Zumbezi Bay? Correct. Have you been? No. Yeah. No, I want to go this summer. We want to go this summer, but... Uh, one park that will always stand out, I don't know if any of you guys have been there, in uh, Walt Disney World in Florida, there's a water park called uh, Blizzard Beach. Have you guys heard of it? Mm-mm. This uh-uh. it's, it's a whole water park, obviously, you know, summertime fun water park right. that's dressed to look like a ski resort. So there's fake snow everywhere. Nice. The big slides are made to look like big ski ramps and stuff. It is freaking Fun. I could have spent the whole week there and been content. There's just never-ending amount of things to do. Never Not, even heard of it. No, <laughs> no. no. Should look. At, well, I'm going to look it up on my phone actually, because it's. I mean, actually, it was 20 years this past March. How do I remember that? <laughs> I mean, if we're talking water parks, I, I, I'd make the jump to amusement parks too, because we've got Kings Island. Oh, and of, Cedar course, of course, of yeah. course, of course. The roller coasters. Yep. Hey, uh, Oscar, do you have any? Do you guys have a Six Flags or anything down there where you're at, or? Like oh a, yeah, uh, not we're not down where we were at growing up, but because um, like I'm mean, I'm uh, I was down in Brownsville, but we, during the summers we would drive up to Dallas because they had Six Flags over Texas there. Okay, yeah, that's where. It's and at. then some somewhere around like the seventh or eighth grade, Schlitterbahn opened in uh, New Braunfels, which is next to San Antonio. So that get that shaved a couple hours off our trip. We'd go there instead and just hang out in the water parts. Plus, we can also go to the beach. I mean. South Padre Island and Bocachica Beach are 15 minutes away from where we used to live. Yeah, that sounds way cooler than yep. uh, where I'm talking about. <laughs> I'd much rather do that, for sure. Yeah, yeah, the beach down there is... Uh, Bocachica Beach is kind of the uh, the low-rent one. Uh, South Padre Island is a super pretty one. Uh, the one that the Spring Breakers trash every year. Those bastards. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a yearly thing. You got like, gotta be nice to the tourists and they just trash the place for like a whole week but they bring in so much money that the people of south padre just put up with it (laughs) yeah i guess you'd have to wouldn't you i was just showing these guys pictures of the the blizzard beach here what do you what do you think that's awesome yeah it looks like a big snow it looks like a snow mountain right i I encourage people at home to uh to definitely google an image of this because it's pretty neat it's kind of weird, all the leafy trees around it, though. Yeah. It's not, you know, it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Well, if you live down there, you so have no idea. So that's in Disney World? It's it's not like actual... It, it's... Uh, I don't know Just, exactly where it lies, but it's on it's on the property somewhere, you know? Disney Boulevard. Do, do, they, do they have, like... Do they have the mascots walking around? Mm, no. Not at the water park, they don't. No. They, now, it, there are, like stationary like statue kind of like characters around but no there aren't costume people walking around but it is part of disney yeah okay disney's blizzard beach is what it's called gotcha mm-hmm. you guys keep asking me that shit like i, I know what i'm talking <laughs> about here i tell i promise you well we might be going in a couple years so i just <laughs> cross that off my bucket list now no no you're good 
uh, you know, a few you brought a few movies you had mentioned. Two movies that scream summer for me, and ironically were released the very same weekend: Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. Last Action Hero. Okay, yep. Those are my They're two summer films. I got to watch those every summer. Any movie like that for you, Oscar? Jurassic Park all the way. Exact same. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell's that yeah. that movie. That movie, I, I was like in the, I think maybe fifth or sixth grade when that came out, and it just blew my blew my mind. Are you thirty seven years old, sir? There you go. Yeah, we're the same age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's why it's that's why it's so freaking awesome. <laughs> that's what a magical time. I was uh, on free comic book day. I like to go down to the you know Pack Rats uh, comic book store here and just go in their basement back inventory and dig. You know, and speaking of Jurassic Park, I found this gem I could not turn down. Tops did a. Um, a short line of Jurassic Park comics. I think we did one on the show before. Did Jeff bring it over like years ago? Yes. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I found um, the movie adaptation comic, Topps comic, still in its plastic sleeve. Oh, that's tight. With like the two-tone printing on the front with of the, the raptor. raptor. I mean, this screams oh. 1993. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love it. But, no, Jurassic Park was such a huge part of my life. Still is. And uh, I'm, we've got a, I, we got a Jurassic Park brother here. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I remember how big of a deal it was because they would say things on the news like um, there's a total of five minutes of, of computer animated dinosaurs in this film. And then, like, nowadays, there's five minutes when there's not CG in a film. Yeah, really. Right. <laughs> like, times have changed. Jurassic Park was such a good template for how to CG, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, oh, uh, yeah. the, the brontosaurus and at the beginning and some of the raptors in the kitchen scene, there are a few shots where it's kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. but you let it slide because the rest of the movie looks so good. But, like, with the T-Rex, you know, that thing was a puppet. They just kind of CG'd the legs, stuff you're not focused on. Right, right. That's perfect. Yeah, that's how it should they be. They didn't Scorpion King that motherfucker. Yeah, you know? <laughs> waxy. Yeah, rock. one of the main reasons I love I love talking Jurassic Park. It's so cool because like We're good one of the main reasons everything looks so real is because they they actually had a dude behind the camera, and and a lot of a lot of movies turn into cartoons when the camera is uh, computer animated as well. So they do all these crazy flyovers and whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when you, when, when you have a real dude behind the camera, it really grounds everything. Absolutely. And, you know, that puppet, too, um, that animatronic T-Rex, you know, that shot with the kids and the Jeeps and everything, right. um, they had to do those shots as quick as they could. They could get 10 to 20 minutes of shooting before they had to stop because that T-Rex would absorb that rainwater and start getting real choppy and shaking and so they'd have to stop the water open the studio spend a couple hours drying it out to and then touch it up to then get 10 to 20 more minutes of footage that's crazy you know it's it's amazing what people do um for for film gosh i remember i i still remember going to see that in the theater because since there was nothing like it and it looked so real the, the manager of uh, the movies 10 over down in Brownsville uh, had to like hold court before he let people into the theater. And he was like, hey, I just, just want to let everybody know um, for reals, this movie is real realistic and gets and it gets very scary. So kids, I want you to know it's not real, but it looks really real. It was like a really weird thing that the guy had to do to like 
a disclaimer. And then when, once the T-Rex hit the lawyer, everybody was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, well, where, that's the scary part. You know, I remember it being, you know, like it's it was kind of like when Mortal Kombat first came out, like parents were scared. And oh, yeah. The same thing with Jurassic Park. It was ultra violent, not one for the kiddies. And, it, you know, it was those kind of news reports and shit that kept my my mom from taking me to see it. And it wasn't until it's like last week in the theaters at like the last like dollar fifty cinema that I finally, my mother finally took me to see it. And man, I will never forget that. So my parents must have missed that memo because I'm about five years younger than you, than you, Jeremy. Mm. My parents took me to see it in the theaters and I did not sleep for a freaking week after that. <laughs> really? so I would have been like in first, second grade. It's funny. I When we went to see Jurassic World when it came out, we were in the theater and two seats down from us was a father and his daughter who I would, if I had to guess her age five six maybe seven young very right. young and i um was kind of thinking like oh cool look at this you know the father who probably grew up on jurassic park is bringing the daughter who now will come up on this new franchise maybe i mean no matter what jurassic world does they're going to do better than jurassic park two and three right i'll argue with you on jurassic park two three yeah three stunk two was okay but anyway, that's a yeah. discussion for another day. <laughs> um, I was expecting, you know, I kind of just was watching them. I wanted to see this child light up with excitement like I did. And when it came to the part where the pterodactyls were uh, kind of tossing her assistant back and forth over the water before oh, the megalodon came up and grabbed them, this girl was screaming, shuddering to the point where the dad had to take her like put her to his chest and take her out of the movie (laughs) and i thought man like if i wonder if like that's the same reaction because i was a little bit older i think by 93 i would have been how old would have i been i'd been 12 i think so you know a few more years on this earth than she probably had but um I, i don't know i just the scope of how scary it was to people kind of escapes me yeah i remember watching that i was glued to the the screen when I, that whole movie I watched. I couldn't get enough of it. it was, and then yeah, the it day good. that like The it. Lost World was released on VHS, I was at the store to get it. <laughs> the VHS that had the holographic card on the front. Oh, yeah. yeah I think that? I still have that. Do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was, some, that was some cool shit, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, the times, they are changing. <laughs> what else we got, guys? All right. Well, <clears throat> this is a little bit uh, earlier for me, but uh, so... In elementary school, like, I vividly remember pretty much every last day of school, like, you gathered up all your shit from the year. Um, In my school, we had, like, dedicated gym shoes. Like, you could only wear these guys in the gym. Mm -hmm. So, gentlemen, I would get home that last day of school, and it was my mission to fuck those shoes up (laughs) as quick as I could. I mean, I would just take off running, get them muddy, get them dirty, tear them up. The, your gym shoes. My gym shoes. My, just because you could. Just because I could, because I couldn't do it throughout the entire year. But at the end mm. of the year, man. See, like, I, I, I'm on the other end of your spectrum, I think. I would be like, man, I can't believe I've kept them so clean <laughs> yeah, so long. Seriously. I've got to keep it going. I went through shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you also had a limited time, I'm sure, because that's back in the day when you would, like, outgrow shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, nowadays, like, I, 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 bought, these, I bought these shoes last week. I, I would like them to last... A decade, maybe. I know they won't. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, that was back in the day when I wasn't paying for my own shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that too. I, it's amazing how uh, crappy shoes are nowadays. Like mm-hmm. the past, oh, like yeah. three pairs I bought fall apart within the year. Yeah, like the shoes are so disposable and dispensable now. I don't know. 
It's good I can I got at least three pairs so that I can swap them out so they last the whole year pretty much. Otherwise, they won't at all for me. Right, right. I, I just got these, what, November? And they're already to the point of... They're Vans. They're already to the point of being fucked up. Jeez. Come on, Vans. Yeah. Jesus, I expect better from you. They're skater shoes. They're supposed to get beat up. Right? <laughs> Elements. Those are good shoes, but they're like big puffy uh, shoes, Yeah, they're too. too they're yeah, too, too much too, padding in them. Too puffy. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, outdoor concerts, festivals. Okay. You know, one thing that really upsets me with me and my friends, one staple of summer was going to see Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm. We had gone collect, I mean, six, seven, eight times maybe, you know, eight different summers. So it sucks that he's not around anymore because, mm. you know, going into summer, it's all you're thinking about. I was like, man, I'd love to see that Petty concert again. Just any kind of outdoor concert. Yeah. You know, is so much fun. That's why I miss Polaris Amphitheater that used to be yeah. here. Got tour. How long has it been gone, guys? Close oh, to ten geez. years. Yeah, and easy. It's been at least easy. That, yeah, and they've built an IKEA in its uh, on the grave <laughs> site. So American culture for you. But they got an amphitheater now, but it's down in what the arena district now. I, and I don't. Are you talking about? Uh, uh, it used to be lifestyles community, right? Like yeah, that. community yeah, pavilion. Yeah. yeah, it it gets a new name every year. Yep. It really does, but. <laughs> That is a cool venue. It is an outdoor amphitheater, but it's uh, small, very small. I've never been in the outdoor. I've been inside, and it was yeah. pretty small. But it's a cool venue. It really is. It really is. But um, it's got the lawn, the big, big lawn in the mm-hmm. back. Yeah, the yeah. slopes up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, nice. Yeah, I've seen some shows there. I've seen the Pumpkins and Marilyn Manson there actually. Mm. But um, yeah, I just wish there was a big one. You know, a big one like yeah. there used to be. I miss that place so much. I, I spent my summers. There, I would just buy concert tickets to go to Polaris all the freaking time. Well, now they got was it Rock? Well, it used to be Rock on the Range up at the mm. the Sonic Temple. Field. Yeah, Sonic Temple. Now that's a three day show, but it's stupid expensive to go. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like hundred dollars each day. Sell out. What? Like, yeah, within minutes of. The well, how what uh, caliber of bands are they bringing though? Oh, everything. Yeah, the same lineup or same caliber of bands that Rock on the Range had. I just quit paying Dice attention. Clay and Polly Shore is going to be there. That's they're making. They, it's a whole big art music fest now, so it's different. I've been seeing Polly Shore around. Not not like actually seeing him, but like <laughs> on the internet and stuff. I've seen that Polly Shore he's keeps coming around, coming again, around trying Columbus. to come yeah. back around. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the area, he's been at the Funny Bone a few yeah. times. But yep. anyway, that's one thing. I'm I still think relevant, about. guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still relevant, buddy. <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, if if you were to tell me that 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 you got tickets to go see Pauly Shore, I'd probably uh, tell you I got something else to do. But if you told me you had tickets to see Andrew Dice Clay, I'd probably tell you I got something else to do. But if you tell me that you got tickets to see Pauly Shore and Andrew Dice Clay, I might I might need to look at my schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I might not, I might need to find something to do. <laughs> No, no, I think it'd be fun to see at any rate. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see them, but we should have brought up Polly Shore in our 90s talk, huh? Oh, That's yeah. something we oh, forgot yeah. about, but always, yeah. we can always revisit these things. Anything else, gentlemen, before we move on? I Go ahead, Randy. Got a couple other ones. Go um, ahead. Flea markets and garage sales, always a big... Oh, jeez, oh, yeah. I missed the first big uh, garage sale, Clintonville's garage sales. I missed them. Yeah. Used to go digging around for action figures and video games. I know some of which you guys can relate. <laughs> Absolutely, I've I've got a good uh, friend that I work with uh, by the name of Harold. He maybe he's listening. And if so, good on you, Harold, for your uh, garage sailing skills. Because this dude 
is good. Okay, I, we we went out uh, last summer and. Uh, you know, I'm always looking for action figures right. myself, and we came across this box that was full of G.I. Joes, Marvel Toy Biz figures, oh, Transformers, like just scratching me right where I itch. <laughs> and, it, and the box said a dollar a piece on it, and I was like, fuck yeah, let's get some toys. So I'm sitting there, um, I've got my hands packed full about six action figures, and I'm like, I didn't want to like drop all my money on action figures, it was like the second house. So I was like, $6 is cool. I have a Deadpool cable here, you know, some cool shit. And I, I stand up and I start walking over to the guy to pay. I have my $6 in hand. And then my buddy Harold gets between me and him. He goes, hey. Uh, Take 10 for the box? Give you $5 for the whole box. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and the dude's like, all right, sure. And Harold then turns to me. He's like. You got five bucks? <laughs> I said, oh. I've got six. <laughs> and so we got the whole box and we just sat there and like divvied it up. That's like, awesome. So quick. And yeah. it, was, it was his, and he does it all the time. Like he just did it uh, yesterday. He was sending me picture after picture. He, dude came over with an Xbox 360, a 3DS, a Game Boy, like all kinds oh of stuff. Okay, you, you need to not tell me this. <laughs> He's good at what he does. Yeah, that's awesome. Good on you, Harold. <laughs> I tried to get him on this show. One of these days, he'll be on the show. We should do like garage sailing, like in in the wild, like canned air. Like take it, like video, take it, a recorder with us. Yeah, that could be fun. We'll, we'll air, talk about canned that. air toy quest. We'll talk about that. All right, all right. I can I can get behind that. Probably. All right, all right. I think that'll do it for our summer conversation. Is there uh, anything else before we jump into the comic vault? Mm. No. No? Let's swing open the door to the Comic Vault. You know, we keep saying as we go, get closer to episode 300 that the Comic Vault is going to be kind of phased out. The, th- the, th- the theme music you're hearing behind us right now, probably not going to have that anymore, but we're still going to talk comics. Mm-hmm. Just because that segment's not there doesn't mean we're not going to talk comics. Yeah. So. It's on the title. Revel in it. We've got right. four more episodes of it. <laughs> <laughs> Who would like to go first this week? Uh, I can go first. Mm-hmm. Um so I've got a Mars Attacks Hillbilly Rebellion number five. Just thumbing through it, the, the animation style, drawing style, whatever you want to call it, really reminds me of like an old kind of cartoon cartoon from Cartoon Network. I mean, it's okay. just really... I forgot about cartoon cartoons. Yeah. But uh, the story itself is pretty hilarious. It's basically, and I'm sure there's backstory I'm missing being issue number five, but it's this hillbilly guy, a dog, and a Martian just kind of tromping through a uh, city being attacked by a huge monster on their way to another base and uh, they're just kind of conversing and then they're uh, sitting down uh, at night at a fire and talking to the Martian and the Martian wants to eat his dog and it's it's it made me laugh it's it's pretty good just an interaction between the Martian and who again just this random random hillbilly guy yeah okay <laughs> But I mean, uh, yeah, you take, if I take a look, yeah, check it out. I'm curious when this came out. Is this of the time or is this newer? So it says, didn't die from what's his name singing the song. <laughs> Dynamite title says three ninety nine. So we know this isn't old. No, uh, I don't care what. I mean, I just say. picked I it up at Flying Monkey in Delaware uh, two days ago. So. Oh, oh, so it's like brand new. Okay, cool. I didn't realize they were still doing Mars Attacks. Me either. As much flack as that movie got. <laughs> I, I the, like that. The comic is awesome. The movie was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> the movie was horrible, but the, the comic looks like it could be fun. <laughs> and see, this is one of those movies that I missed in the 90s. I didn't see it till I was an adult. And if had I watched it in the 90s, I'd probably have that nostalgic mm. sparkle in my eye for gotcha. it. Gotcha. 
Alas, I do not. <laughs> I sit there and watch it and shake my head the whole time because I'm just like, good God. But it was, I don't know, I thought it was funny. Mm. Plus it was a, what, a Tim Burton movie too, so I mean. Was it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty really? sure it was. We might have to investigate that. <laughs> but, all right. Yeah, he, would he, like to... he originally wanted those Martians to be stop motion, but after Jurassic Park, uh, he was pressured to make them CG. Ah. Stop motion would have been awesome. Stop motion would have been crazy. Yeah, it would have been really good then. Can you imagine if they'd have done stop motion with Jurassic Park? Like, made it just look like an, uh, like the, the old Lost World all over yeah. again. Like, <laughs> the uh, Harryhausen stuff. Like the old... Like the original, like, Lost World. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The land that time forgot, was that it? The original Maybe that's what it was called. I can't remember the exact title, but... Anyway, let's let's get this moving along. Oscar, did you have a comic you'd like to mention or talk about? Actually, yeah. Uh, in anticipation for that new animated movie coming out, uh, I went through the Batman slash uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics. Oh, yeah. Uh, part one and two. And part three is, is coming out now, but I went back into the old graphic novels and I read the old ones from like last year and uh, read the first edition and the second edition. And they are fantastic. It's just total fan service. <laughs> Almost. Almost. I'm a huge TMNT fan. Say, depending on how much of a fan you are. And there was one thing I was so stoked to see that just you didn't really get to see. And I don't I don't know. I know there have been different incarnations of this to happen since its original happening. But the first time I read it was like, oh, what, like three years ago? That's right. I thought it had been a while since Something that like first that. came out. And, um, yeah, the, fir- the first one came out three years ago, yeah. You know, when I think of um, pop culture or when I think of comic characters and you think of who's like the best fighters at the top of my list, it's always going to be Shredder, you know, Rokosaki and Batman. And to see them to square up is like, holy shit, how does this end? You know, because obviously I'm sure the Batman's going to win, but, you know, Shredder isn't going down easy. Right. And um, in the in the midst of that fight, you know, something happens. Typical comic book style. It always happens. Something happens to pull attention away from their battle that breaks them up. So you never see officially who wins. Maybe it was Ra's al Ghul, I think, made his presence known at that moment or something to that effect. But that, that's a versus I'd love to see us do someday. The Shredder oh, shit, yeah. versus Batman. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, to they do. gave us a very nice they gave us a very nice tease. And they even gave us a little bit of uh, Splinter versus Batman, which is pretty rad. Yes. Mm. I am uh, very excited to, to see it. Do you know when it comes out? Fairly soon. I don't know. I have okay. an exact date in my head, but I'll have to look that up. That sounds awesome. Is there is there a trailer out of it at all? Uh, oh yeah. Is yeah, there? There sure is. Which animated version of the Turtles and Batman are they doing? Uh, uh, all new. Yeah. They're they're all new looking characters. Like the Turtles all got like these like big jaws. Like it's a it's a totally different design than even the comic. Hmm. Um, they're 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 really um, branching out there with this these wacky turtle faces. I was not super crazy on the art style in the comic, uh, the original one anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't, it wasn't bad. I'm not saying it was bad. It just wasn't uh, like the IDW series turtles, yeah. like that really has yeah, my attention. I, I felt the style was very. Um, I guess I could say like organic, where okay. like this. I, I love his art, but like. If you see him draw like a a car, it doesn't look like a car. It looks like this round 
meaty thing with wheels on it, you know? Like, the Batmobile in that comic looks like a giant mouse, basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you could tell, like, this dude does not draw mechanical shit, but damn it, he's going to draw it. And he did. I am excited for that movie, and maybe I should check out some of these. I, I, I don't know if the, the new town, like if the, I know there have been comics to have come out recently, either retelling that story or telling an extension to that story. I don't know what's happened since the original run, but I, I, maybe I should check. Yeah, out there's that. a there's a third uh, a third run that's coming out or that just came out. But before that, there was another one, which was the like the Nickelodeon Turtles meet the batman animated series batman oh wow and yeah i'm really looking forward to checking that one out too yeah that because man two fantastic shows if there's ever been a perfect um or at least close to perfect incarnation of the ninja turtles it was that first nickelodeon show just uh yes uh yeah that that was such a good show you know it, it it uh took advantage of its medium you got to see actual like weapons, like actual fighting instead of just like draw your swords and then kick him over. Bob you know? him in the head with the hilts. <laughs> right. Or oh, yeah. like throw your sword at the second ceiling movie, and get like, a stalactite to fall down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just silly shit like that. But no, uh, so good. And just the way it made um, it poked fun at its own history. Uh, like with Venus or when Michael Bay's first images came out, the way they addressed <laughs> the that. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good, and I, I was a, it was a shame to see that one go. But anyway, great pick, great pick. You want to go next? You want me to go next? I'll go next. So I had an indie comic from that five dollar grab bag deal that I had gotten. Oh, back at to uh, Ollie's or whatever. Yeah, Ollie's bargain basement or whatever. Uh-huh. It was I called. saw that place the other day. Finally, did you? Mm-hmm. But I uh, started reading it the other day. Like, couldn't get into it, and then I was like, maybe I'm just not into reading a comic right now. So I tried it again last night. The writing is horrible. I just could not get into it whatsoever. So it's like Metallica's Saint Anger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so then I remembered someone told me about the Wolverine, the Long Night podcast. Yes. And I fired that up. And oh my God, is that good. Hmm. You don't like it? It's not that I dislike it. It's the fact that it's called Wolverine, The Long Night. Uh, yeah, yeah. And there's I, no right there. fucking Wolverine in there, it. There hasn't hardly been much in it, but it's like it's you a whole murder Wolverine mystery. You don't until like episode 9 or 10? That far in? That far oh, in. Oh my god. I mean, they tease him here and there in like flashbacks and stuff, but... So you just, it's like, you should have just called it like cliche uh, detective character yeah, really. the long night because that's all it is like a hard ass girl and some like pussy of, a, of yeah. a guy detective that's one thing I was sitting there listening to it I'm like this is just same just classic it detective is so stuff. weird you bring this up because I was looking at it today on my lunch break I was looking at it today because they're doing more. There's another yeah. one coming out. Right. And that one I'm going to get in on because, uh, you know, they caught, if you look at the reviews from A Long Night, they caught a lot of fucking flack. Oh, did they? <laughs> because I just, like, after every episode would, like, put my hands up, like, what the fuck? Where's Wolverine? <laughs> I was getting drawn into it just because of the the, voice, the acting and the sounds and I stuff. I was, too. But... This false advertising. Because Wolverine was coming. Yeah. But then after episode, after episode, (laughs) after episode of no Wolverine, I was like, what is this? What is happening? And I just finally gave up. But um, the new one I'm going to check out. I know I got chills at the end. I think it was the third one when the cops got a phone call. And all of a sudden you just hear, 
I hear you're looking for me, bub. Yeah, yeah. Quit. <laughs> Click. And I was like, oh, my God, there he was. Check that out. And, you know, these later episodes, he's not devoid totally. I mean, like, there will be little, like, phone messages or quick calls from him here or there. But as it goes on, obviously, he'll be in it more. But right. um, there were big people that did that, like that podcast. There were like celebs who did a lot of those voices. Listening to the credits of each one, I didn't recognize. But some of the voices, like the one that does Wolverine, he sounds familiar. I, I can't recall who that was, but I know Chris Gethard does a voice in there. Uh, I can't remember who else. He's the only one I can remember. I was just really surprised because I was basically thinking of it being like, an audio or a, an audio book where okay. it's just a narrator, but it's it's full. It's an audio. audio it's an drama. audio drama. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Full it's cool. Like an old radio drama, yep. almost. Awesome. Yeah, here's the new one that's coming out: Wolverine: The Lost Trail. Yeah, but when you click on it, there's just a two minute trailer, and then it takes you down to uh, all ten season, episodes, season one yeah. of The Long Night. So maybe um, maybe I'll try to finish it tomorrow. How far did you get to? Episode nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess so I just didn't finish the last. <laughs> They're like twenty-minute episodes, something like that. Oh, okay. so forty. Thirty <laughs> forty. It looks like, but um, maybe I'll give it another shot. Yeah, I was enjoying it though. It was pretty good. But, I can yeah, see it, why it is. But there's cliche. not very much Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think the next one will be a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Very good pick. All right. Well, what I have is uh, from, what was it, 2007? Let me double check the year on that. Not that it matters much. Yes, August of 2007. This came the summer after uh, Civil War happened in the Marvel comics. Okay. When Captain America was assassinated on the steps of the courthouse when he was going to trial. And, you know, after that happened, all the comics kind of took on this, like, black banner with the fallen sun, you know, flag uh, folded up at the top. Mm, Okay. And um, what you got from these was, you know, they were all called Fallen Sun, the Death of Captain America. And then at the bottom, it told you which character's side you were looking at. Okay. And you were kind of seeing how they're either grieving or dealing, you know, what, what the death, how it's affected them. Okay. And, you know, in the day I bought a... Quite a bit, Spider-Man, Wolverine. I can't remember who else I bought, but one I didn't get was Iron Man. Okay. And this is one of those books I found on Free Comic Day in the basement. And there's not much to be said about this. Um, I guess Sam Wilson gives the best eulogy where there, you know, this is like a, he's getting a bigger turnout than if a president had been killed or died. And he's being uh, marched, you know, by a uh, by a horse. His casket's being taken to Arlington Cemetery where it's going to be laid to rest. And, you know, all the heroes are in the crowd and Sam Wilson gets up there and talks about, you know, we're all here because of Steve Rogers. He talks about when he met him and he has a flashback. He talks about, you know, there's a lot of people here who served in World War Two. If you all stand up, you know, you all have a special place with him, yada, yada. And it flashes back to him with the Howling Commandos. Okay. Um, just kind of a quick overview of his history. And it was really cool because, you know, it's they're not trying to reach... Like, okay, this is a, for instance, the rooftop wedding of the Fantastic Four. You know, it can't Mm. just be a wedding. Something's got to happen in the middle of the wedding to call it off. You know, comic books. (laughs) That's what I expected out of this. Not the case. you're, You're at the funeral. It's a legit eulogy, essentially. You're at the funeral. And so you start to feel the weight of the, of the character as okay. it goes through. It's really cool because there's a shell, a shield helicarrier hanging over top uh, up in the sky just to make sure no one does try to fuck with this mm-hmm. event. But, um, you know, and it cuts away from the funeral for a split second to see like Spider-Woman, Spider-Man, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Doctor Strange, Wolverine. 
they're all in hiding. You know, the Registration Act is still in effect. Then this is still the half of the Avengers that have not right. joined. And they're like, Spider-Man's like, we should be there. Why are we not at this funeral? Like, you know, we can't do that. We couldn't get five feet within, you know, right. the premise before we'd be arrested. He's like, I still think we should be there. So they lay him to rest. The next thing you know, you see a big Quinjet uh, landing uh, in the Arctic tundra. I, I can't. Re- I don't know exactly where Captain America was frozen, but this is where they're landing. Okay. And out of the out of the uh, jet comes uh, Hank Pym, Janet Van Dyne, and Tony Stark, and along with a floating casket, they they brought Cap's body. And Iron Man seems only fit that he be put back to where he originally. Hmm. Had died. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the actual funeral, Tony got up to say something and he just said like two words and walked away and everyone thought he was kind of a dick. It's because Tony knew like that wasn't what maybe Cap would have wanted. That wasn't what felt right. This is what felt right. So there by himself with only Hank and uh, Janet there to witness it, he does his own kind of eulogy and uh, says, you know, hands it with I'll miss your, your battle cry, Avengers assemble. And with that, Namor is there waiting to take the casket and, the casket and take it down to the bottom of awesome. the ocean. That's just kind of where it ends. Such a good book. Such Namor a good book. something cool. Well, he can't do something cool without <laughs> stating the fact that he's, that he's doing it. <laughs> so that he, before he did it, he goes, just so you know, we're not cool. I like Cap. <laughs> so it's funny you say that because he made damn sure we all knew. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it, it, I got to open and show you now just for, just for <laughs> prosperity. There you go. Second box down. Second, not the third. Oh, if I was here, that Captain America... And I agree with the Stark that we should put in that one. Oh, second. <laughs> this many. <Yeah. laughs> Today's episode brought to you by the number two. I would only do this for him. Yeah. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, enough about that. So did you not get the Iron Man one because you were on Capside? I was totally on Capside. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Screw you, Iron Man. Yeah. I didn't buy any of their individual sides, really. Okay. Uh, I was I was all cap. Yeah, I really was. Fair enough. Biased asshole. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's turn our attention over to Oscar and talk about Five Meets Comics. I want to talk about Mashbone and Grifty. I want to thank Oscar again uh, so much for being here. I'm excited to talk about these characters. Um, first, before we go into what we've read, I'd like to, you to give your overall description. Some, we've found in the past when we just launch into our description, sometimes we say a little too much. Left, It's left better to the creator. So, Oscar, can you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, Mashbone and Grifty? Who's asking? No, wait, okay. What? Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, Mashbone and Grifty is a story about these two dummies who... They haven't really done anything with their lives. They're already, like, in their uh, late 20s, uh, early 30s maybe, and they decide to just follow their dreams, and their dreams are to become private detectives. Uh, But they don't know how to do that, so they just print out flyers to say private detectives with their phone numbers, stick them all over town. Problem is, they live in a town that's very corrupt, uh, so nobody really does anything with the crime. So when these people see... Uh, that there's these hotshot new detectives on the scene. Everybody flocks to them. So they're in over their head fighting uh, people they have no business fighting. Um, they have no business fighting anybody. They're a bunch of losers. Uh, and hilarity ensues. And did I mention that one of them is a mutated monkey creature with a bone stuck in his head? 
<laughs> so yeah, one of them is a mutated monkey creature with a bone stuck in his head. Uh, nobody really knows pepper. why. Nobody calls it. Yeah, nobody calls attention to it. But the fact that he looks like that makes them feel that. I mean, they can practically be superheroes at this point. They they look the look, so right. they give it a shot. And I think his look, along with um, just. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but some of the comedy elements I was seeing in that first issue, it really sets you up so well for the kind of vibe and the feeling you're getting from this comic, which sometimes, you know, comic creators, it takes them a few issues before they even know what the, the true tone is. This seems like it really knows what it wants to do, and it's doing it effectively. Thank you. I think that really comes from the fact that I've been drawing these characters for about a decade uh, oh, wow. and wanting to... Yeah, and I've wanted to make them, like me and Rolando, it, it really echoes the story of Mashbone and Grifty because we were a bunch of losers who didn't really want to do anything with our lives. And we just wanted to make these characters and make each other laugh, uh, you know, like back when we were in high school, then in college, and then when we were um, just working our dead-end jobs after college and just hanging out on the weekends. And we, we and I, I would just draw these characters and we'd come up with the stories and originally we said we're going to make this into like a movie. We're going to make we're going to make a freaking Mash One and Grifty movie. Just do it, release it, and just get rich and famous. Boom, easy as that. So uh, you know we, we couldn't do that. So all right, so let's lower it. Computer animation takes forever. I'll do a two D animation. Well, I should have known since I went to art school that two D animation is about a million times harder. Mm-hmm. So that didn't get made. And uh, if I can go back in time. 10 years from 10 years uh, from now, I would tell 10 years younger me to just make it into a freaking comic book because a couple years ago, we just made it into a freaking comic book. And the best part is it's, it's, it's there. It's a thing. We actually made it uh, rather than try to figure out all these wacky little ways to do it. So yeah, it, that's, that's pretty much why the characters are seasoned and ready to go because I've, I've been prepping for way too long. But, you know, it's it's a uh, great medium to have them on as well, especially this day and age, as nearly <laughs> a good 80, 85 percent of our uh, consumed movies and television are taken straight from the comics anymore. So um, I think a lot of uh, creators, a lot of people oh. are looking at yeah, the yeah, comics sure. well, you know? Oh, yeah, I ain't got no love for comics. I'm just doing this to make into a movie one day. <laughs> <laughs> this is your stepping stone, no. huh? No. But for real, like it was one of those things where it was it was always right in front of us, but we never it we, it never clicked. You know, we would read comics, we loved comics growing up, and we would always go to the comic book stores on the weekends. And it, it, it took way too long to click that. Why can't we just make this thing into a comic? And it's, when when that when it, <laughs> when it when it finally happened, we're off to the races because we have all these scripts because we also once we started shooting the shit back and forth we're like well let's make this into a series so like a, a animated series so we have like a, a couple seasons already mapped out and um so now we, we get to use those templates to do the comics so this is roughly based on yourself and in your partner from your high school days just kind of pulling your own personalities and life experiences in yeah if you peel back certain things the some of the stuff is uh, semi-autobiographical. Like there's, there's a couple things in issue two that are. Some of it's just like verbatim. Like that really, that really happened. That's awesome. And, yeah. it, it's almost like this. Your subconscious self knew where these characters would land because their design just screams like 
comic book. You know, you said it yourself earlier in this interview. You know, you look at them and they they definitely hit that superhero kind of motif almost. So it's it's funny how you know that these characters and their look and everything came before the idea of a comic book ever came along. Oh, definitely. And it also has to do with like when I went to when when I went to school for animation, um I really spent a long time learning anatomy because the hardest thing to do is draw hands and feet. So mm-hmm. I spent I spent a whole year in college uh, reading um, uh, Bern Hogarth's uh, Dynamic Anatomy and just like drawing hands and feet constantly, constantly. And once I had like a hand that was good enough to look at and say that's a hand, I just chopped that up and I just started drawing like my own stylized hands above that. And that's why they got these big wacky square ass hands and feet. And I loved it so much that it just morphed into this guy with giant hands and feet. So he turned into this monkey dude. Wow. So the evolution of the character itself is inspired by your technique. Yeah. It's all like, as they say, happy accidents. And also like, um, who, I forget who says it. it was the image comics guy who said, um, Style's not what you do right. Style's what you do wrong. So once, right. and you have to learn how to do things right in order to do it wrong on purpose. So <laughs> 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 we're like, now, now, I, now I know how to do it this way. Now let's do what I like. What feels, what feels comfortable when I put hand to paper, or right. in this you know, nowadays a uh, uh, stylus to tablet. So when I was looking on your big cartel, I'm sorry, I'm switching gears on you, but uh, on your big cartel shop, I noticed you had a second comic uh, called uh, Lemon Pepper Hugs. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just knowing we were going to talk about summer, like the cover of that comic just screamed summer to me. Can you talk about that one? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, Lemon Pepper Hugs came twofold. Number one, it's this story that uh, my writing partner, Rolando Esquivel always had in his back pocket for like five years now. And he just showed it to me last year. And I was like, Hey jerk, you've been hiding this. This is is amazing. Uh, and the second thing is, um, we got tired. We've been doing the cons, uh, conventions for about a year and a half now. Okay. And we've been doing pretty good selling a lot of like comics to people. And, um, we started to get a little uneasy feeling selling Mashbone and Grifty to kids. Okay. Because it's definitely not for kids. We had to print on there on the cover, not for kids mine on the bottom. Because it's definitely not a kids comic. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, the first issue is a 48-page dick joke. So uh, <laughs> That's what I was wanting to talk about. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So, like, uh, long story short, at the conventions, little kids come up. And my, my drawing style is uh, it, it's all kind of bleeds together. So it, it does kind of look a little kitty when you look at the characters. And the kids want it, and I say, hey there, Junior, this comic's not for you. Uh, it's a little adult. And then the parent shows up after the kid tells them that. The, the parent's like, man, my kid reads Rick and – he watches Rick and Morty all the time. I'll buy your book. So they buy it because I want that money, and I kind of kind of feel bad afterwards. So me and Rolando were saying, man, we should, like, uh, do a kid's book. But we it's in all ages because we learned at the last convention – if you say kids' book, the kid don't want it. So it's all ages. Gotcha. And so when we started talking about that, Rolando finally said, hey, I got this idea uh, loosely based on not just, like, our city growing up, but specifically, like, his lifestyle growing up and the way he, he grew up with his family. And there we were. And it was um, 
originally set to be part of an anthology, but we kind of got a little iffy on anthologies because uh, a couple of them that we tried to do didn't pan out. So we did the math and we're like, man, we can we can print this our, ourselves just like we do Matchbone and Gripty. And there just so happens to be a convention in a couple weeks, so we just printed it out ourselves. Awesome. I remember uh, years back we did uh, the SpaceCon. What was that, 2015, 14, yeah. 15, something like 15, that? 15, yeah. And uh, Richard Rivera of Stabity Bunny, uh, he and Wayne Hall from Major Spoilers, they both flew up from Florida with a bunch of comics from, uh, what was it, Think Alike? Yes. Think Alike Productions. And um, so we had all genres out on the table there for people to choose from. But the one thing that just kept getting taken was the coloring book. The coloring book. That we couldn't keep it on the table. Like mm. as quick as it was down, people were buying it, buying it, buying it. There's something to be said about those uh, stories and those kids, those kids' books. You know, we tried to make it um, very friendly for the kids, but also cool for the adults. Um, it has the same uh, style of humor, not style. It has the same like flow of humor as our Mashbone and Cryptic comics do, but it's suitable for suitable for all ages. And it's about a little kid named uh, Levin and. Uh, Lemon Reyes and her brother Ayo, and they—he's the older kid, and she—she's a little kid. She's kind of a latchkey kid because her brother, uh, her brother and her aunt, who she, who they live with, work late. So she goes and hangs out with her two best friends, Pepper and Hugs, which are uh, brother and sister. And it's all about the crazy after-school adventures they go through. Yeah, I was reading the premise. It looks awesome. I'm gonna have to try and get that for my son. Right on. Yeah, go. it's uh, it's a, a lot of fun. We're working on issue two right now because issue one. Uh, sold pretty well at the last convention we were at so we're really looking forward to uh doing that uh, originally I, we i just wanted to do matchbone and Crypty all year and then when this came about we i had so much fun drawing it that i'm like we're gonna split our time now between matchbone and Crypty and lemon pepper hugs okay cool and as far as uh, p- getting these into people's hands, like fivemeetscomics.bigcartel.com uh, seems to be the place to get them. Is there anywhere else we should be directing people? Oh, yeah. If you like uh, if you like your comics in paper, that's where you get them, Five Meets Comics Big Cartel. But you can also go to Comic Central, which is where we have them digitally. You can buy them all uh, tonight digital. And um, it's I believe it's Comic ComicCentral.com slash users slash something. I don't know. Just go to Comic Central and look up Five Meats or Matchbone and Grifty or Eleven Pepper Hugs. Okay, yeah, we can get the links right on there. all our stuff. Perfect. Yeah, I'm very ill-prepared on that front. But but um, we, you can get them digital. You can get them print. Okay. That's awesome. That is awesome. I love that there's both, op- both options. Sometimes when the comic creators only offer the digital, I understand that. Printing is very expensive, cheaper, yeah. but at the same time, I'm a paper in the hand yep, kind of guy, yeah, you know. Yep. Yeah, I'm a I'm a digital guy. Rolando's a paper guy, and uh, once we started, uh, we decided when we started to get serious about this, we put our own money into the first printings. And once those comics got to our front door, I opened them up and I I kind of converted a little. Uh, it was really <laughs> nice. Yeah. To it's because you know I the main reason I'm not a print guy anymore is because of money and i can't even afford to buy them digital i read all my comics off of uh, hoopla which is the uh your local library's digital app where you can check out mm. books uh digitally gotcha. yeah it's fantastic and it has a guided view just like comiXology so that's where i end up reading most of my comics but I see. yeah i've been getting a lot more from the library but not through that app i've just been getting graphic novels at the library but yeah i'll have to look into that that sounds awesome 
yeah, it's super fun. And but but same, you know, same thing, man. When I when I first saw those, my own comic uh, in print, I got a little funny feeling in my tummy. It's really nice. I bet, I bet. Like the first time we saw anyone download our show. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on? One person. And it's super cool. It's super cool to go to a convention and like see people pass by and you tell them, hey, you know, pick up the comic, flip through it. And uh, then they get to page four of issue one of Mashburn and Grifty and you see them laugh because it's so absurd what happens on, on that page. And then if they buy it, it's even better once they see that because I tell them, like, you got to go to page four so you know what you're dealing with yeah well, that, <laughs> let me tell you that's a well-baited hook a very well-baited hook because that's uh, it, had, it kept me going i mean not that i was like page by page judgmental like <laughs> hopefully this page wins <laughs> next because, page know, and i'm out yeah no, no. <laughs> no, no, no it wasn't like that but i mean it was definitely the, the hook of interest like surely he doesn't mean <laughs> <laughs> he do he do <laughs> Or he don't. But anyway, we we do, but we don't. But yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> well, again, we're going to be putting uh, links to uh, get these into people's hands and onto their digital uh, players uh, on our social media and on our website. So, uh, Oscar, I want to thank you so much for being here. We hope you've had a great time, and uh, keep up the amazing work, man. Thank you, and you guys keep the keep up the amazing work too, and also. Uh, you guys could go to our Teespring store. We have a really cool Teespring store uh, where you can buy all our uh, Latinx-themed pop culture stuff. We have a luchador version of uh, Infinity War T-shirt you can get. It's super oh, cool. Nice. Uh, so just check that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah that I've he got has to see. the yeah. Infinity. He has the Infinity belt. <laughs> oh my! I have to check that out. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you can get it as a shirt, uh, hoodie, all that wacky stuff. Uh, beach towels, posters, coasters, all that stuff. Yeah, I've got to see this. That sounds awesome. Well, very and good. And also, we'll, uh, we'll link uh, that as well. turtles as well. Oh, see, now you again <laughs> scratching <laughs> real on the right. edge. Yeah, yep. <laughs> hooked again. <laughs> awesome. We'll, we'll also put that up on our uh, social media and our website as well. Right on. All right, very good. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can check out the show, listen to it, follow us on our social media, see our YouTube videos, become a patron, buy some merch. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. It really works. I did that. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's it's funny you say that. I felt horrible. Um, You know, when you're on Twitter and you see, like, someone says, thanks for your follows, sometimes a message looks like it's automated, and I typically don't. You had you guys had reached out to us a few times, and I thought they were just like auto reply things. So that's why it took me so long to get back to you. I apologize, sir. Oh, it's all good. It, it definitely looks auto reply because I do put I do put a bunch of shit in there, which is like, check out all our comics. Look, <laughs> <laughs> basically, it's what it is. And you got to be aggressive, uh, though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's like uh, like you got to do it like Boomhauer on King of the Hill. You know, yeah. you go down to the Kmart and you. Hit on every lady in the shoe store. <laughs> you might get you might get one phone number. Someone's gonna buy it eventually, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at uh, CandarePod and on Instagram at Cand underscore Air. And Randy, you look like you're itching to say something there. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, read a quick review we got on, or not a review, a comment on one of our posts on Facebook. Um, it was on our uh, '80s uh, pop culture. Yeah. Uh, from Jennifer Spriggs, uh, she said, "I sincerely enjoyed the, this podcast." 
Uh, by the way, you forgot Zima with Jolly Ranchers and Celebrity Deathmatch in your 90s flashback. God, when she yeah. says Zima with Jolly Ranchers, that was actually putting the Jolly Ranchers in into the Zima, the Zima yep. correct? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. I never did that. Did you? No, the girls did that. The girls did that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. They, I was once called a girl because I drank Zima. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment here, man. <laughs> well, Zima, huh? Look who's fancy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, seriously, if you like what, what we're doing, uh, just shoot us a comment, shout out, and we'll try and read it online. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you uh, said that. I, I was going to totally forget about that. So I'm glad you uh, remembered that. And again, don't forget to check out our other show, What If, at whatifpod.com or on any of your podcast players that be. Just search uh, Candare Productions, probably the best way. You'll get this yep. show and our What If uh, show will come up. We're the one with the yellow text and the blue background, where uh, every episode we just offer a twist on reality uh, what if people could fly what, what, what have we done recently Bigfoot what, what if Bigfoot had been discovered could breathe underwater exactly these kind of scenarios and then we talk for about 45 minutes on the play out uh, what, what effect it has on the world so uh, yeah check that out and uh, I think you'll like it if you like this show if you've made it this far you must like us right yep. come on <laughs> I think that's going to do it for this week so until next time I'm Jeremy Colley I'm Jack Doherty I'm Randy Hardenbrook Mashbonegrifty.com wait no I don't have Mashbonegrifty.com go to the 5 Meets Twitter there we go and that's just at 5 Meets right <laughs> at 5 Meets awesome thanks so much Oscar and thanks uh, everyone for listening Jimmy? Hey, it's Alpine! While you're waiting on your negligent parents to find you, why don't you pull out your mobile device and get on CandarePodcast.com? Shoot, it may even help him find you. Well, that makes no sense. Hey, what are you doing near my son? Time to split. G.I. Joe!
how are you tonight, sir? Oh, man. Uh, I'm good. I'm just uh, juggling like I always do. <laughs> Don't we so all? I got, to, yeah, I, had to, I got to hide from the kids, so I'm <laughs> sitting in the car, but I'm in Texas, so it's a million degrees outside, so I got the <laughs> AC on. But then I look down, and my car's on empty. So, <laughs> so I'm uh, talking to you guys while I'm driving to the gas station, which is about a block away. <laughs> We've uh, put you in quite a predicament, it would seem. <laughs> you know, I, I can never just do I can never just do one thing. I just it's just not in the cards for me. <laughs> Ironically enough, you're not the first guest we've had to record from his car. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. I, I believe it. Bra- bra- <laughs> Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.